Bridging transgenerational barriers on topics ranging from yoga, astrology, spirituality, plant medicine, social activism, personal development, and everything in between. Dare to explore transcending traditions. Hello, hello, and welcome everyone. My name is Rebecca with Transcending Traditions podcast. And today for our very special episode, we have an amazing guest who also just so happens to be a very dear friend of mine. Um, And this is Christian Martin, but now we are moving into the name Sabine. Um, And you may also know her as Queer and Knightly. She is a Sagittarius sun, a Pisces moon and a Virgo rising. And she's here to share her soul's journey with us. So I'm super, super honored and excited to have you on here with us today. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So just to start off, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, share a little bit about your your life's work with our listeners. Um, For those of you who don't know, Sabine is doing drag and she's been doing drag for a little while so I just wanted to know what was your life like before drag and what was the process like for you to become a drag queen singer-songwriter yeah so um growing up I grew up in a uh, an LDS household or a Mormon household and um you know being queer and LGBTQ was pretty much off the table Uh, in our family. And it wasn't really up for discussion. It was uh, something that me and my other queer siblings kind of kept hidden for a lot of our lives. And um, when I started college and had more uh, freedom to express myself and express my gender and my creativity, uh, I found drag. And I just fell in love with drag so much because it was this outlet for people to be able to put everything that they had been hiding for so long on the, on display in the most creative, beautiful way imaginable. And so I just fell in love with that. And I started going to shows and painting and um, started performing locally in the Bay area. And yeah. And I signed a, a recording contract with OIM records out of Oakland. And so I've been making music and kind of chronicling my, queer experiences through that music like a journal like a diary and performing life so yeah it's been crazy wow yeah and I mean I've watched I've watched her you know for our listeners like I've watched this whole journey like unfold before my very eyes and it's just been so magical to witness you really blossoming into the person you're becoming more and more of and and I, I know with that background coming from a very religious family and you know a lot of the the norms that come with that that don't you know accept the creativity and all of the freedom and expansive and you know self-expression that comes with being queer and with wanting to do drag for example I would love to know what were some of the challenges that you faced into breaking into this industry you know whether it be from from the friends family life and and within the industry itself that you could share with us? Um, well, just on a, a personal level, I I really struggled, um, you know, 
most people nowadays have to live with their family through college, through a bulk of their college. So, you know, I was really excited for the idea of turning 18 and moving out and being able to do whatever I wanted. And, and that didn't really happen. And, you know, as an adult, I still had those feelings that I had as a kid where it was like, oh, I, I want to wear these earrings or this skirt, or I want to, you know, do makeup or, or, um, speak with this type of voice or make this kind of joke. And I felt like I couldn't do that in the presence of my family. And so, you know, being able to connect with other queer people in the community has been so good because it provides that space for me able to, for me to be able to do that. Um, you know, it was tricky connecting with people in the drag community. At the time, I didn't know that I was, uh, well, I was closeted transgender. And, um, and so I, I had a really hard time connecting with people, even though I knew like on some level they supported me and, and wanted me to succeed. I still had so many walls up with people and it took a long time for me to be able to trust people enough to open up and be like, Hey, like this is my art, but also my art is reflecting how I feel inside. And this is who I want to be. This is how I want to live my life. Wow. Do you feel like you've, you've changed since doing Greg, since doing drag and, and, you know, being more expressive of this inner self? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, drag to me is just gender play, you know, and I've always done that. I've always, like, I remember I used to watch my dad play Tomb Raider on the computer and I just loved Laura Croft and I thought she was such a bad bitch. <laughs> and, uh, and I would tie my hair up in like a towel and make her like effort noises, like, ah, like her jumping noises and stuff. And um, I love that. I was always drawn to feminine clothes and feminine things. So it, it really felt natural for me as an adult to be able to fully go for that. And so in going for, in going for more drag, do you feel as though it kind of served as like an outlet, like you said, but also a safe space? Or do you feel as though it was more of an escape? Or a mix of, or a mix of those. I think it was, it was both. You know, like I, you know, with drag, especially in the beginning, some of the other drag queens um, kind of knew I was transgender even before I did because I would come in wearing very, you know, it was a lot of makeup, but it was it was designed to look like a woman. It was not like drag queen makeup, which is very heightened and very exaggerated um and you know and most queens are performing wearing very elaborate costumes and things like that and I was just coming and kind of looking like a woman and and um and so there is escapism in the fact that I've kind of adapted into that and so my drag now is more of those costumes and and big crazy hair and contacts and jewels and and long nails and things like that um, but I'm really grateful because it, it gave me the space to build confidence for being myself in a feminine way and, and experiencing people loving me and, and 
cheering me on and, and thinking I'm fun and, you know, laughing at me and thinking I'm silly. And um, it just is like a barrier breaker. Wow. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really important to recognize how sometimes what something might be perceived as in this case, maybe there was an element of escapism in it. It was also giving you the space within yourself to really understand and explore what it was that was going on within you that you needed to see more of, that you needed to feel more of, that you needed to understand in order to feel like, like this is your skin that mm-hmm. you're wearing. You know, like this is your face, this is your body to really feel embodied into the visionary, into the identity that, that is true to you and true to your heart. Okay, and so in moving into, you know, this idea of, of you being able to fully come into yourself and really transitioning, um, you know, from Scott Christian into Sabine, I just wanted to know what, what was the catalyst? I, I understand that drag gave you the safe space, but what were the things that happened if there were, were any pivotal moments or not that allowed you to kind of move into, into really recognizing this for yourself? Well, I've been gender questioning for a really long time and it's definitely come in and out of my mind in the past, the idea of transitioning, but I always felt really far off and like it was inaccessible and maybe it, it was um, a source of fear for me. But I started seeing a, a new therapist in my school and she's this fabulous lesbian uh, who's been married for 10 years and she runs the department and she's just wonderful. And um, she was telling me that as queer people, we're constantly coming out to ourselves. And I really had to sit with that and just think like, (laughs) Um, she said, we're always coming out to ourselves And, you know, in the days after that, I really felt like I was almost waking up to myself for the first time. And I was like, this is what I want. This is who I am. This is where I'm going. And I don't need to be afraid of that. And in that moment, my name came to me and I had not thought of the name before, but it just appeared to me and it was just the name. Oh, the ice cream truck is coming. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm so excited. I might have to go get an ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you love it. They drive by so slow, so they can just like tantalize you. Anyways, you were saying, and in that moment. And in that moment, my name came to me and it was the name Sabine. And I had not really thought about the name before, but I just like almost felt the name. And I looked it up and it said that children with the name Sabine often have siblings um, with these names. And the very first one in blue was Christian, which is the name I've been going by for the last 23 years of my life. And I was just like, oh, like, (laughs) this is me, you know? Like I, like my counselor said, it was like, I was coming out to myself for the first time. And it's crazy because in my music, I'm always writing about, you know, it's, it's, through drag, you know, it's, it's, it's a metaphor and, and through illusions and things like that. But the crux of it has always been that there's this girl hiding and being pushed down and she's wearing all these different masks bouncing around between people in her life 
so that she can feel loved and never really finding that until she takes off the mask and has to step into the sunlight. And it's crazy because I was writing all of this before I was even out to myself. And so looking back, it just feels like, oh, I've always known this, you know, and I get to be here and experience life as myself and as to be. Getting chills just as you say that. That's so powerful to know that you've known this even before you consciously knew it. And people in my life knew way before I did. Like, <laughs> like all my friends were like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." You know, you always seem much more at ease uh, in drag, or or even people in my family saying, "Well, you presented female when you were a kid." You know, like you had long hair and you wanted Barbie dolls and and loved pink and dress up and all these things so it just feels like I've it's come full circle for me and I'm I'm ready to move forward instead of feeling trapped Mm, that's amazing wow thank you so much for sharing that that really speaks to I think what a lot of people go through right in understanding why it is that we may not feel fully comfortable in our own skin. And sometimes it can definitely be because understanding and accepting ourselves is really a process that really requires that inner work. You know, it's, it's not an overnight thing. And, and yet it's so beautiful to see it unravel. And so, uh, and with that, I just want to ask, you know, given the name of the podcast is transcending traditions, like, in your life and in your heart, I feel as though you are in, in many ways transcending a tradition, you know, of, of remaining into the part of yourself that, that no longer serves you and you're, you're now able to move beyond that. So what are some, some of the old paradigms that you feel no longer serve you and that you're perhaps growing out of and shifting away from as you move into this newer version of your identity well you know my entire life I felt like in order to be taken seriously and respected and liked by people in my life I needed to hide who I really was um you know I I I wore a mask for so much of my life of just being like this chill dude and, or, or just like being some, this reserved person off in the corner who's just kind of there. Um, and that doesn't serve me anymore. And it made me feel so alone because the fear that I was being taught um, isolated me. And I had to get to a point where I had to release that fear and release the idea that, oh, well, somebody's not gonna like you or somebody's not going to wanna be around you or whatever and just go, you know, I am blessed to be able to be myself. And if people appreciate me, then they get to be in my life. And if they don't, then I'm better off without them in my life. It sounds like you've come a very long way. (laughs) (laughs) A long more or a lot more to go, but it it feels good to be able to feel confident 
and that's it's a long journey it, it takes a long time and i had to i had to develop that alone in many ways but now i'm not alone you know yeah absolutely and and just from a space of of true friendship knowing that as alone as we may feel sometimes you were never truly alone yeah the people who loved you and who've been watching everything about your journey have always been there to truly support you because everything you do, you just blossom so, so well. Um, Thank you. Absolutely. And, and in, in going through that, that idea of this journey of self-acceptance, right. And, and you saying that a lot of it you had to do in ways that felt like you were alone. Can you describe any um, of the tools that you may have used? Like if you, did you journal? Did you meditate? Was there anything in particular, any activity that you did that maybe you could share with us? I tried so many things. <laughs> um, you know, I've always, I like to consider myself a lifelong learner. And like, I have a passion for learning new, new things and, and new skills. And so I've tried so many different ways to essentially get, you know, give myself therapy. Um, I've always loved drawing. Drawing has been a big source of, or, or should I say that drawing has been a big outlet for me to get my emotions down somewhere outside of my body. Um, and so I draw all the time. I, and I draw characters that kind of represent how I feel. And you know, now doing drag, I, I'm able to take those illustrations and make them into costumes and and make a number out of that and, and really make like a really painful or, or frustrated experience and make it into something that is just bold and fun and real. And uh, like, for instance, I, I do a number where I'm this housewife and I have a table all set up and I have a, a vase with flowers and I come out and I'm like the hostess of the party, right? I'm like, I have my my tray of vegetables. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm super excited that everyone's there. You know, it's 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 going great. And then at one point in the song, I trip and all of the vegetables fall off the platter. And I have like this moment where I just have like a mental breakdown. Like I failed. Like, and the song switches hard left into this like intense screamo rap. Like, <laughs> like you had one job, bitch. <laughs> and going crazy in the audience and just losing my mind and then having to breathe and get back to center. And, yeah. you know, people get a kick out of it because it's real, you know, it's, we all have those experiences where we just kind of lose our mind for a minute. And I think it's cool to be able to uh, put that out there for other people to go, damn, like, I feel that, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's something that I've noticed even in, in your singing as well, you know, it's like the things you sing about are so piercing to our soul, you know, like they touch on this universal existence of what is life and what we all go through. And, and I just think it's so beautiful that you incorporate your singing, you know, your original singer songwriter, and you incorporate your beautiful voice and your singing into your, your performances when you do drag. And I think that's, very unique, you know, is there any ever um, anyone who inspired you to do that? Or is that something you just kind of merged on your own? Because I often see drag um, with lip singing, but not with original, like real voice, real words 
from their mm -hmm. content? Well, there are definitely, um, you know, other drag queen singers. Generally, they're singing covers. I know that there are a few oh. performers write original music. Um, but, you know, locally in this area, there aren't many. And, you know, I, it, it has been kind of isolating to a degree, or that's how it felt, because I really, you know, a lot of drag queen music is more kind of club focused mm -hmm. and you know, more of like a dance track. And, you know, I've been making music, music has been another source of kind of therapy for me um, throughout my life. And, and that same kind of concept of just like pouring yourself into this piece of art so that it can be somewhere else and you can enjoy it and visit it when you want to, but it doesn't have to like linger and, and fill up your whole body. Um, and so when I've made music, it's kind of scary because, you know, they see a drag queen with the name Queer Nightly and think maybe it's a pun joke or something like that. And it's, it's kind of more serious than that and more, um, more personal. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's beautiful how you're able to utilize your performances and, you know, the pieces that you portray within each of your numbers and your songs as almost as sub-personalities, right? Understanding <laughs> these are all sub-personalities within yourself and that you don't need to fully be or disassociate from either of them to understand who you are and to fully accept yourself. Right. And I, I really love that. And I think that's really beautiful and important. And um, in, in your daily life now, is there anything that you do that allows you to continuously go through that process? Like you said, of like, whether it's drawing or singing, like, is there something that you would typically say you do on a daily basis in terms of those types of things that help you keep yourself centered and grounded? I would say the number one thing is definitely journaling. Um, and sometimes that includes making an art piece or a song or something, but just especially in the mornings, giving myself time to have a clear mind. Um, I think it's so easy for people to be consumed with technology and just kind of, you know, the, um, the dopamine hits of looking at news or um, social media, but I really, um, it, it helps so much when I take the time to give myself some silence and journal and get my mind down and uh, maybe make a piece of art. Um, but it's, it's meditative, you know, it, just giving yourself that time to be present with yourself and be in your body before the world takes over and you're, you're caught in the current of everything. Mm. Yeah, thank you for, for truly sharing from the heart because I think it is really important to understand that, you know, the call to self, the call to coming back to who we are, to remembering who you are deep, deep down inside is really a process of shedding layers that takes understanding many different tools and, and seeing what works and what doesn't work, right, to get you to where you need to be. But then understanding that, there are two sides to this. One is the process of seeing what works and what doesn't. And the, and the second part of it is 
having a consistent practice, right? Every day, having that time independently of what it is that you're doing in your case, understanding that this process of journaling is really meditative for you. It's a time for you to let go of the thoughts that need to be processed, to release whatever does not serve you anymore, but also to really even further validate and recognize what is true and what does resonate within you for you to keep on doing and receiving of and and so on and so forth. And so with that, um, before we come to a close, I just wanted to know what kind of advice would you give to someone who is considering doing drag or who is perhaps just starting out? Um, my advice would be to just have fun. Um, I think that a lot of people as they continue in drag and, and they do it more as a business, it can become you know more like a job, but it's, you know, we all start drag for similar reasons. You know, we, we want to be able to express ourselves. We want to be able to have fun. Um, we want to be able to be silly and stupid and, and have that space to, to be that way. And so just, just have fun, you know, just, you know, connect with people and go to shows and see what people are doing, but just be yourself and um, yeah, enjoy the process, enjoy learning and growing and being a beautiful human being as you are. Thank you. I love that. That's so beautiful. Uh, and so um, now, so that our listeners can connect with you, um, what are some ways that people can be in touch with you? And do you have any current projects you're working on that you'd like to share? Yes. So um, I'm a musician and my first EP, uh, which is consists of five tracks, is coming out on March 10th. Um, and you can stream that on Bandcamp now. It's available for pre-order. Uh, you can also check me out on Instagram, where I post all kinds of looks and poetry and behind-the-scenes content. And uh, my YouTube is where all of my music videos and videos are available. So yeah, check it out. And what is your handle? Uh, so my handle for Instagram and YouTube is uh, just queer nightly and it's nightly as in every night of the week. Well, thank you so much. And it's been an absolute joy and pleasure to have you on with us today. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It's been wonderful. And good luck with the podcast. I think it's fabulous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks everybody for tuning in to Transcending Traditions podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to like us, follow us, tell your friends, and tune in next week. Bye-bye.